Hey, this morning, because we're having the Lord's Supper, we are going to dismiss our preschoolers to children's church, but we're not going to have warehouse worship because we want our kids in here, our elementary school age kids, for the Lord's Supper. So at this time, uh, if our preschoolers want to be dismissed to children's church, they'd like to. It's kind of a slow-moving crowd this morning. Uh, hey, a couple things. Um, we want to be in prayer for Will's family. Uh, his father, who was his grandfather, who was a, a retired Baptist pastor, passed away this week, and um, they're going to be celebrating his life today at two First Baptist Carthage, and then the burials in in Wells. Uh, but his name uh, was Charles Sullivan. His mom's father, and uh, I know they would appreciate your prayers. Uh, for that, their family. Uh, it's um, kind of a bittersweet time. I know he's been ill for a while, but they know he's with Jesus. And also tonight, uh, Will will be having his licensing service at First Baptist Carthage. That has been moved from 6 o'clock till 7 o'clock. I know Amy and I are going, but you're welcome to, to drive to Carthage and uh, be there for Will's uh, licensing to the ministry and so ask that you be in prayer for the soul of the family I know I don't always look at my phone but uh, I had a text from Delana Wilson that her mom was uh, they discovered her unresponsive in her bed this morning and she's been taken to the hospital so obviously John is that in Tyler Tyler the Tyler area and so if you'll be in prayer for Delana's um, mom especially this morning. Uh, also, I'm excited to announce, uh, as related to children's ministry, uh, that this week we have hired, oh, I had trouble saying that word, hired, um, uh, Lauren Stacy and Madison Smith to come on and uh, to take uh, two parts of that job. And uh, Lauren will be doing the Sunday morning time of life groups and warehouse worship and also we'll be doing camp in the summer Madison will be doing Wednesday nights vacation Bible school they'll collaborate on some other uh, events and things that relate to children's ministry but we're excited about uh, these ladies coming on and um, so y'all y'all pray for them and they will be uh, We've had our first meeting, and to sketch out things before I leave for Africa, and they'll be, they'll be starting in the weeks to come. And so, uh, y'all pray for them uh, and for us as a church. Um, last Sunday, we started talking about uh, one of the consistent messages throughout the Scripture, and it relates to our speech. Uh, I, I don't know if there's... Uh, there's other themes in the Bible that are probably more dominant. But throughout the Scripture, it talks much about our speech, what comes out of our mouth. And I shared last week that I believe that's the case because our speech or our tongue, our words are an indicator of the condition of our hearts. And so I believe the, the Scripture calls out certain things and affirms certain things 
as a way of us seeing the condition of our hearts. But where we, where we ended last week was with this thought, and this is where I want to pick up today, is that our, our, our words reinforce the condition of our heart. Our words reinforce the condition of our hearts. So, if there is evil in our heart, then evil comes out of our mouth, and that's an, our words give us an indication of what the condition of our heart is. But I shared with you last week that the Scripture not only identifies what is evil speech, but it gives us that consistent uh, challenge that says you are to control your tongue. And the reason we are to control our tongue is because it's one thing for something not to be right in alignment with God that comes out of our mouth. It's another thing when we speak it because when we speak it, it reinforces that condition of our heart. Is that, y'all understand that? Do I need to cover that for about another 15 minutes or we got that? If you got that, just say amen. Amen, I knew you probably would. So our words reinforce the condition of our heart. And last week we focused on kind of what the Scripture says about uh, the speech that is negative, that is not becoming of God. But the Scripture doesn't just talk about negative things. Scripture doesn't just say, hey, don't do this. Invariably, the Scripture balances that with a positive admonition. And the, the admonition is beyond, hey, refrain or control your tongue. I think about, uh, to me, a classic verse uh, would be Ephesians 4.29. And you, you see this, this, this coupling, the positive and the negative, because Paul will say, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Okay, that's the negative. But only what is for edification, that becomes the positive, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So it's really twofold. There's a negative component, a positive component. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but what is for edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Our words are to, to, um, uh, to give grace, to impart grace to the people that we speak to. So it's real simple. Don't do the negative. But it's, it's more than just saying, oh, mm, just zip my lip, mm, not saying anything. No, there's a positive component that says you are to speak words that are under edification and that impart grace to those that hear them. And so I want to talk about that positive component today. Uh, this really, in my mind, ties into a scripture we've looked at as we've, uh, this summer, looking at living in the light and the scripture shedding light on our lives. Second Timothy 3.16, it says, For all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, or is God breathed. So all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. There's four things. It's profitable for doctrine. And that's truths about God, us, and the world we live in. So those are just truths. So it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
That word reproof is a word that says the scripture is going to call you out for doing something that's not right. That's the negative component of this. So it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, and then it says for correction and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. It's significant that the scripture not only reproves us, but when it says it corrects us and instructs us into righteousness, what it says is there's not just a negative component to that, but the scripture says there are, there are things that it teaches us which are the right things to do. There are positive things that teach us. And this morning is about that positive thing. It's not just about not saying the negative. It's about know our words are to impart grace and are to be unto edification. We can't just keep silent. We must speak and our words are to be in line with who God is and in godliness. Uh, just a couple scriptures, and this will lead into the Lord's Supper this morning. But in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, and we're really picking up Peter's thought kind of midstream. 1 Peter 3, 9 and 10. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He says first at the start of verse 9, not returning evil for evil. Uh, we don't have a choice what people say to us, what people do to us, what life many times brings to us. But we are responsible for our response. And he says, when people or life brings you evil, don't respond with evil. That's that's natural for us to do that. And so he, he doubles down on that and he says it in another way, different, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling. And here's the reason, because relationally, when we return evil for evil or reviling for reviling, then evil feeds off of the evil. When we are confronted with evil and we respond with evil, it feeds off of it and it builds. It grows. He says our response is to be blessing. And when he applies this, even in verse 10, he, he talks about our tongue, our speech. And so I really take the word blessing there is 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 not just something we feel in our heart, but it is a word that we speak. What Peter is teaching is respond to evil with blessing. Evil may come your way, but you respond to it with blessing. Why? Because evil feeds off of evil, and we are to break the cycle of that. Not only is this true relationally, but it is also true, as I described last week, internally. 
this is, gets to our speech today. If I respond to evil with evil words, it reinforces that attitude, that condition of my heart. When I respond to evil words with blessing, then I break the cycle. And so our words reinforce the condition of our heart, and I believe that is a truth that Peter uh, is teaching there. Um, Proverbs. Proverbs speaks more about the tongue than any other book in the Bible. And I don't even have time. I don't even have time. I'm just going to give you a summation of the book of Proverbs. But it's kind of interesting as I looked at it this week. There are over 50 verses that, that talk about evil speech. Uh, what I discovered, there's about half that many, about two dozen, that talk about good words. But the consistent theme throughout the book of Proverbs that not only are we, not only does it condemn and call out evil speech, but it also uh, gives us a, a positive admonition to say your words are to bring these things. And it, it talks about two things. Our words are to be words that speak truth and wisdom. That, that's in the book of, of Proverbs. It's in, in line with the whole theme of Proverbs. We are to speak truth and wisdom, and when we do, it brings, and this is what Proverbs says, it brings joy, life, peace, health, deliverance, and knowledge. Just as I looked at those couple dozen scriptures about our, our positive words. But I, I want to go then to the book of Psalms. Because last week we, we talked about Psalms and how there are some 30 verses uh, on evil. And this is just kind of Daryl Smith, the statistician, you know, it's got to keep up with numbers. It's like, you know, Proverbs had twice as many verses on evil as it did on positive words. When we come to the book of Psalms, it flips. And there are about 30 verses in Psalms about evil speech there are so many verses in Psalms about the positive words that are to come out of my mouth. I, I, I couldn't even calculate. I, I don't know statistically how, how am I going to figure that out. And so if, I wanted to end with this, and I wanted to end with Psalm 100 this morning. Because when we come to the book of Psalms and we, we are thinking about this theme of our words, there are two things the book of Psalms say or to come out of our mouth and it is thanks and praise thanks and praise and it is so filled in the book of Psalms I didn't even know how to start counting them but Psalm 100 for me was kind of the uh, just it was a representative verse, but it, it speaks, or psalm, that speaks to this truth. And so Psalm 100, the admonition is for thanks and praise. And so it says, and you, you know this, you've heard this many times, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. 
Be thankful to him and bless his name. You see that in verse 4 more than, you know, the thanks and the praise. And finally in verse 5, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Thanks and praise. Uh, He talks about uh, how we are to make a joyful shout to the Lord. What the psalmist is saying is words have to come out of our mouth. It's not just a feeling in our heart. Uh, when I hear the word shout, I, we, don't, we don't shout much anymore, do we? I mean, occasionally there's maybe a George Parr over here or somebody, uh, you know, shouting out. That's fine. Uh, I always, uh, when I hear shout, I just think of Mrs. Thurman in my first little church. Godly lady. She was 154 when I was there. <laughs> then we celebrated her 160th birthday. Uh, that's just from the perspective of a 25-year-old pastor. Uh, but Claire Thurman always described her mama. She said, my mama was a shouting Baptist. And I'm pretty sure Ms. Thurman was a shouting Baptist. I'm thinking, I don't know what your mama was that you weren't, but <laughs> you shouting quite a bit. But the psalmist says that. He doesn't just say, speak it. He says, shout it. There is something that is to come out of your mouth. But he talks about singing uh, in verse 2. Uh, the thing that I thought about in verse 4 was thanksgiving. He does not say enter his gates with thanks. He says enter his gate with thanksgiving, and they're different words. Gratitude, thankfulness, is a condition of the heart. Thanksgiving is something that comes out of your mouth. And I I don't know that I'd really ever thought about that, but it's, it's gratitude that is expressed verbally. And the same is true in verse 4 when he talks about praise. Praise is something that comes out of your mouth. And I believe he says that again in that that final phrase in verse 4 when he says, Be thankful to him and bless his name. This is where I tie it back to the first Peter 3 passage that talks about uh, blessing. To bless is to speak praise to God. And so you see this this dual uh, uh, challenge in the scripture that we are to give thanks and we are to give praise to God it cannot just be a feeling in our heart and he talks about that some here Um, even in verse 2 when he says serve the Lord with gladness a gladness is something you feel in your heart but it also he's saying that is to be expressed outwardly I think it's also significant in verse 3 when he says know that the the Lord he is God And so, no is something we do in our minds. But I want you to see in Psalm 100, it's not just about feeling something in your heart. It's not just about knowing things in your mind. And really, it starts there. The challenge of the Scripture is, let it out of your mouth to give thanks, to give praise to God. Um, And here's the practical thing, and I want to end with this. Uh... When we don't just zip our lip (laughs) with the negative. That was last Sunday's sermon. Zip your lip. But when we speak, if you have nothing else to speak, speak thanks and praise to God. Then it reinforces gratitude and awe 
in our hearts. And the picture I get as we will speak that which is godly, then that light will drive out the darkness in our hearts. My hunch is you're probably a lot like me. There's some dark places in my heart. There's some light places in my heart. If I speak from the dark places, the darkness grows in my heart. And I'm telling you very practically what the scripture is teaching us today is that if we will speak blessing and thanks and praise, it will change our hearts because our speech reinforces the condition of our hearts. Amen? Amen. Well, this morning... Amen. Amen. Um, Jesus gave us a unique opportunity to give thanks. And we call it the Lord's Supper. Um, I thought about this connection as I was thinking about this morning because um, the liturgical churches will call the Lord's Supper the Eucharist. The Eucharist. You Baptists don't even know that word. Eucharist, okay? You're getting a little education today. The liturgical churches, it may be called Mass, but it can also be called Eucharist. And of course, you remember from Greek 101, when we were sitting in there and Eucharist came up, you go, oh, wait a second, Eucharist. Uh, Eucharist means to give thanks. And so I thought it was interesting in the liturgical churches, they refer to the Lord's Supper as the giving of thanks. Why is that? Because the one thing that we all here have in common is the fact that Jesus died for our sins and made it possible for us to be rightly related to God and to spend eternity with him. You see, Jesus memorialized the Lord's Supper so that, yes, we might remember his death, but also we celebrate it so that we can give thanks to Jesus for what he has done. Despite your circumstances today, despite your feelings, about those circumstances or whatever's going on in your life. Despite what the world says to you or about you, today when we come to the Lord's Supper, we celebrate that we are loved and redeemed. And for that, there's only one response, and it is, Thank you, Jesus. Um, when Paul gave the Corinthian church instruction about the Lord's Supper, he said in 1 Corinthians 11, For this I received from the Lord, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, 
He broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Uh, we're glad you're here this morning. Hey, if you're new with us, we'd love the opportunity to connect with you. Uh, one simple way, you can fill out a card in the pew or you can shoot a text uh, to the number that's on the screen uh, and stay in the loop with what's going on. I want to do two things to close out our time today. I want to pray. We've got groups leaving, uh, going out this week. We've got one group of 27 that's going to children's preteen camp. Um, so if you're going on that, will you stand up? I don't want you to come forward because that's going to be crazy. But we've got a group of 27 going. A bunch of them are in the balcony. Uh, our adults going, Jessica Litton, Amy King, Jeremy Bertrand, John Wilson, and Mr. George Parr going to camp for the first time. I don't know. He, he must have left. Um, anyway, we'll pray for him anyway. Uh, so we want to pray for them. But then uh, Brother Daryl is leaving until you come up here. Uh, he's leaving tomorrow to go to Africa for the first time in about a year and a half uh, to our unreached people group in West Africa. And uh, he's going to spend a little over two weeks. So hopefully, if everything goes well, hopefully not longer. Uh, hope everything goes well and you do get to come back. But um, yeah, my mom would appreciate that. Uh, but we do want to pray for him. It's been a long time. Don't really know what the conditions are, where people are at, where the church is at. Um, but he's going to do a lot of work in Liberia, connecting Christians from Liberia, which is not that far away, to the mission of reaching this unreached people group. And so uh, we do want to pray for that. So if, you're, if you'll join me in prayer, we all stand and, and we'll pray and then we'll be dismissed. God, we do pray this morning. I, I pray for our kids going to camp, uh, our third through sixth graders, and I pray for those adults, and I pray for all the conversations and, and teaching and worship that's going to happen this week. I pray that you would be in it. I pray that you would um, just continually expose those kids to the gospel, and I pray that you would save some, God. I pray for uh, Brother Daryl as he heads to West Africa. We do pray for our unreached people group there, and we pray for um, soft hearts. God, we pray for uh, men and women who would hear the gospel and believe. And we pray for the church that it would be established there in Guinea. And we pray for the church in Liberia as they um, would feel a burden to reach these people that are not that far away from them. God, we pray that you would uh, provide connections and, and traveling mercies and all the things that are needed. God, we pray that you would reduce COVID numbers. We pray that you would do all the things that need to happen for this trip to go smoothly, God. And I pray that your spirit would guide Daryl as he goes. And I pray that you would um, lead the way and, and help him to follow you. Uh, God, we love you. God, we thank you for uh, what we get to be a part of in taking the gospel to the nations, God. We love you and we pray all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you want to grab a prayer guide in the foyer on your way out, it gives some details about the trip um, over the next two weeks. But we will see y'all soon. We love you.